for joining us for today's message. We're always so encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives all around the world through what he's doing right here at Meadowbrook. So if that's you and you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please send us an email at godstories at nbcocala.org. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so by giving online. Thanks so much for joining us and prepare your heart to hear from God. Would you help me welcome our internet audience? Thank you so much for being with us tonight. You may be seated. I don't know about you, but uh, as Pastor Tim says, if I didn't have a church, I'd come here. You know, Pastor Tim, he sends his greetings to all of you, to, to all of us. He's in Dallas, Texas, and uh, he'll be back on Sunday, as Lee was saying. He'll be back with a new series called Better. There's his invested invite cards. I don't know about you, but I want better. I'll say that again. I want better. How about you? The Lord is always trying to do something in our life, and I want better. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to start over again. And I remember when I was a young Christian, I was excited. I had zeal. I still am, but I had zeal. But the Bible says, not according to knowledge. And I stuck my foot in my mouth, and I felt like I had to start over and over again. But don't you know that God is good, that his mercies are renewed every day. And today we're going to talk a little about the, the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. One of our foundational scriptures, forgive me, is found in John 16, verses 13 through 14. It says this, however, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. I don't know about you, but that's a good thing. That the Holy Spirit can talk to us and show us things to come. That the Holy Spirit doesn't come up with something new. Even Jesus said, verily, verily, I say again unto you. Jesus repeated himself because sometimes we're hard of hearing. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. My mama used to talk to me over and over again. He used to tell me, Iran or Junior, ven para acá. It means come over here. And she would tell me and repeat until I got it. And it's good that the Holy Spirit will remind us the things of truth. Why? Because of this. Because the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth and out of all error. Out of all error. Like I said earlier, I thought I knew the word a long time ago, but the more I know about the word, the more I realize, the less I know. Because this word is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. This word can help you. Watch this. The Holy Spirit does these things. He, he reminds and he teaches. The Holy Spirit also assists and he comforts. And then again, he also does this. He convicts and he corrects. He convicts, but he does not condemn. The Holy Spirit convicts and he corrects, and this is what he also does. He gives direction and he gives guidance. He gives direction and he gives guidance. Here recently, uh, I had the opportunity to go and do some work, uh, not only myself, but a good team, over at College Park Elementary School, and we had to buy some things. But they didn't have it here locally. I had to drive a little bit at another club. It starts with an S. It's a big thing. We call it Wally World. You know that club? So I went down there, and I bought some stuff, and uh, I knew how to get there. And, but I was hungry afterwards because it was about maybe 1.30 pushing 2, and 
And I left that big S club, and then uh, I, was walk, I was driving out, and uh, I saw a, a subway. Some people don't like subway. I like subway. So I had some subway and stuff, and, and then I had to, but I had to find my way back, so I, I started this little thing. It's called a, a GPS. Now, the thing about a GPS, and I'll get back to the story a little bit, uh, a GPS, anytime over the, the entire world, there are 30 satellites that are just specifically allocated for the GPS. And anytime there are three, because you know the world turns and the satellites orbit, there are three over the horizon at all times. That's called triangulation. And I'm going to give you a little bit. It says, it says this in the statistics that I read that 30 satellites are orbiting the earth, roughly about 12,500 miles up in the air. And information, when you use a GPS, travels at the speed of, of light. That's 186,000 miles per second. That's fast. Let's put it in context here. From New York to L.A., it'll take you four and a half to five hours, right? But if you were to use this to go the circumference of the world, you could do it seven times in 1.5 seconds. That's how fast this thing works. If really fast, for instance... If I do this right here, and then I go get directions, and then, uh, and then I'll say route, just like that, and then I push start. Starting route to World Golf Hall of Fame. Head east on southwest. It'll give you directions. But guess what happened to me? When I left that place, I was supposed to take a left, because I thought I knew the, the way back. But when I left Subway, I took a right. And the next thing I saw, I said, Orlando, Florida, next right. <laughs> I was going the wrong direction. Why? Because I disconnected from the satellite. I disconnected. But how many of you know this? That the Holy Spirit is better than a GPS. The Holy Spirit is better than a GPS. The Holy Spirit wants to guide. He wants to provide. He wants to direct. Why? This. The kingdom of God is within you. It's not going to be, it is within you. In Luke 17, 12, it tells us that the kingdom of God, the makeup of all of heaven and earth, lives within you. But sometimes we forget. Why? Because just as this natural GPS can only work by the signal, how many of you know sometimes you can be in an area where there's a lot of cloud cover, or you can be inside a building where you have no signal, right? The same thing can happen in your life. You can get cloudy, with a bunch of things that have been put on you through religion, condemnation, ridicule, judgment. Don't look at me so serious, guys. That will cloud you in your connection to the Holy Spirit. You will listen more to the condemnation than you will to the truth of the Word of God. Because if he's going to guide us into all truth and out of all error, we need to be connected to the kingdom of God that is within us. The kingdom of God is within us. And sometimes in my natural, logical mind, that's like, whoa, the creator of the ends of the earth, the agent of action, the Holy Spirit lives and abides within me. The scripture tells me that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we miss it. We stick our foot in our mouth. And then the situation and the problem becomes more real to us than the promises of God. And that's why we need to stay engaged with the Holy Spirit. 
In Luke, again, I tell you in 17, 12, that the kingdom of God is within you. Why do I want to tell you that? And re, re, and re, and re, and like I said earlier, verily, verily, I say again unto you, is because the Holy Spirit wants to help you in your path and in my path. The Holy Spirit wants to help us to stay on track. He wants to help us with our time, our talent, our treasure, our touch, and even with our thoughts. Primarily, the Holy Spirit does this. He keeps us in connection with the teachings of Jesus Christ. Here, we will see a scripture. It says this, but when the Father sends the advocate, everyone say advocate. As my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. And will remind you of everything that I have told you. The Holy Spirit will remind you of the teachings of Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit cannot remind you of something that you have not been exposed to. This is not a house of condemnation. This is a house of grace and mercy, but of truth. When you are down and guilt and the weight of sin is upon you, what is it that whispers to you? Is it that you're no good? Is it that you are a worm? Is it that God can never forgive you? At that moment, your sin consciousness is talking to you stronger than the promises of truth and the teachings of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus found a woman in the very act of adultery. Well, not Jesus, but the Pharisees. And they brought, him, brought her to him. And he said, where are your accusers? He said, go and sin no more. He didn't say you're going to hell. The scripture is very clear. That Jesus did not condemn her and said, where are your accusers? But a lot of times, the thoughts in our mind, the thoughts and the feelings will speak louder than the truth. But the more and more you stay connected to the Holy Spirit and the teachings of Christ, the more and more he will reveal to you who you are in Christ Jesus. Jesus is alive. He is alive in you. The kingdom of God is within you. The word advocate, in the Webster's Dictionary, it says, a person who argues or supports for the cause of another. A person who represents another in the court of law. The Eastern Bible commentary is the word parakletos, or paraclete, paraclete not parakeet, but paraclete. <laughs> One who pleads another's cause, who helps another by defending and comforting. Isn't that powerful? By defending and comforting. The HarperCollins Dictionary calls the paraclete, and this is where we get it out of the Amplified Bible, the helper, the counselor, the intercessor, the standby, the assistant, or the advocate. The transliteration of the word a paraclete is, in the Greek, means one called alongside of. And Pastor Tim has taught us like a paramedic or a paralegal. I started thinking about, what about parachute? I need one of those if I'm going to jump out of a plane. No, you don't? You ever feel like you need a parachute in life? Well, we do. We have a paraclete. One called alongside, watch, to assist the church. Because the word kletos or ecclesia is where we get the word iglesia in Spanish or the word church in English. He not only helps us corporately, but he also helps us individually. At your address. Whatever you're going through. The Holy Spirit wants to help you, wants to come alongside of you and help you and teach you and guide you. I've been, I've been hanging out with our, with our signing class, and, and this is, let me see if I get this right. Uh, Virginia is going to help me here, Miss Williams over there. And this is, what is it? 
It says, it was. That basically means that the Holy Spirit guides you, supports you, and uplifts you. The Holy Spirit wants to help you and support you in whatever you're going through. I don't know about you, but that's good news for all of us. In the New American Commentary, and this is where we're going to bounce out a little bit today. In the New American Commentary, it says this, the advocate is one who corrects through reprimand or one who speaks in our defense. I don't know about you, but there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. And there, during that time, you saw him as a tax collector. The Bible says he was a sinner. But he got into a position. He looked beyond his sin and his ridicule from society and got into a position on a sycamore tree because the Lord, he wanted to see. You ever heard that little song in church? But what about you and your ridicule of society that points the finger at you or sin starts to tell you certain things? You and I need to get into a position in order to be able to hear and to see what the master, Jesus Christ, has to say to us. And out of all those people and all that multitude, it says that Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house. And sometimes you may feel that nobody wants to come to your house, that nobody wants to talk to you. But if you put yourself in a position to hear the words of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will come and talk to you and defend you against those negative thoughts. He will be your advocate in the middle of your crisis. When you start thinking about, I am not good enough, I'm, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Can we say that in church, Miss Alicia? Okay. I don't know. Praise him. Have you ever had those thoughts? The Holy Spirit can come. Watch this. And he's only a whisper away. You don't have to try to manufacture it. Why? The kingdom of God is within you. And with all your heart you say, Lord Jesus, I call upon you. The Holy Spirit, the breath and the wind of God. Come and floods you and fills you and reminds you of who you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says that you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. But this cannot be pie in the sky. This has to be a reality to you. It just can't, we just can't be spiritual parrots. We have to understand that it's a matter of life and death sometimes. It is a matter of eternal life or eternal death. I found this scripture in the book of Lamentations. We can find it in the New Testament in the book of Psalms, but especially in the book of Lamentations because it's the book of weeping. It says this, that the mercies of the Lord our God are renewed every morning. His mercies are my portion. In the middle of your crisis, in the middle of your lamentation, the mercies of God can be your portion. The Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit talk to us? This is how he talks to us. The first way the Holy Spirit talks to us is through Scripture. He talks to us through Scripture. Let the Bible speak to you. He talks to us through scripture. Why do I keep repeating that? Because I've heard people, the Lord said that that man or that woman was going to be my wife or husband. But they're already married. It don't work that way. Or the Lord said that I was supposed to get up and pray. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you're, your leading of the Holy Spirit will always lead you back to scripture. 
Here's, here's some things. Watch this. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. God's way of doing things. The Bible also talks about in Psalms 37, 3 through 5, it says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to him. Trust in him also and he shall bring it to pass. See, when things are going bad, the scripture, the Holy Spirit will begin to talk to you. Here's, here's another thing that the Holy Spirit helps us with. In prayer, solitude is full of God. Pastor Tim has given us a book to read, and we've already read it. It's called The Celebration of Disciplines. And I ran across another portion of another book here, Drawing Close to God by Stephen Erie. It's about prayer, and it's about solitude. It says, when we choose solitude, something happens to our relationships. Instead of expecting others to give to us, we believe now through God we have something to give to them. Our hearts are open to receive a sense of freedom and a relaxing peace without demands or pressures. Imagine being in a room with a loved one, watching television with distractions while other people are carrying on conversations. If you want to enjoy being with that specific loved one and have a personal conversation of any depth, you have to get up and leave that room. When you choose solitude, you are choosing to live, leave the busy room to be with your true loved one, God. When we are alone, we can then begin to discern life by God's presence, referring to the Holy Spirit. And it says this, Martin Luther wrote this, I do not know how it happens, and I do not understand it, understand it. but sounding from above and ringing in my ears and in my heart, I hear something calling beyond the mere thoughts of man. Sitting in solitude, one frequently finds that that inner fullness that wells up from the inside is pulling you deeper and deeper into a sense of communion with God. In solitude with God, all the benefits that he has begin to come together. We find a sense of purpose that stimulates our creativity while being personally renewed and enhancing all the relationships around us. When we add solitude, set aside time and a place to be with God, the Holy Spirit will give us the necessary framework for fulfillment and direction. I don't know about you, but I need direction. I need direction in my life. Here's another portion here. Worship. Get into the presence of God. We were here getting into the presence of God. And Pastor John and the praise and worship team, we got a new bass player. He was thumping it. He was holding it down. I love that guy. I don't know him, but I love him because I play the bass too. Or at least I try to. But we have to worship together. Worship together. There is nothing that you have done where the Spirit of God cannot be found. No matter where you've gone, the Holy Spirit will be there waiting for you. In fact, he's at home waiting for you. He's here with you, and he's talking with us. In Psalms 139, 7 through 10, it says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take up the wings, Pastor Lee was talking about the hawk, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even your hand shall lead me there, and your right hand, watch this, shall uphold me. The Spirit of the Almighty God can uphold you no matter what you're going through. Here's another way we get to 
hear from the Holy Spirit, fellowship with one another. We know about the book of Hebrews. It talks about do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We're here. But it has to go beyond this. That's why here at Meadowbrook Church we have small groups. Oh, there we go again, talking about small groups. Yeah, we're talking about small groups. If you could hear the testimonies of people's marriages being restored, of suicide turning to hope, where people hear direction from God, where people come together that haven't laughed in a long time, or where people that have had loved ones pass away and they get together, the Holy Spirit comes and does something in the fellowship of like believers. I'm, part, I'm privileged to lead small groups and I look around and I see a lot of small group leaders. I want to encourage you to get into small groups because it's very easy to get lost in the crowd here. But when you're in small groups, the Spirit of God will begin to minister to you and talk to you through other people. The fellowship of like-minded believers. Our season, our next summer session begins June the 7th and it goes through July 18th. You can go to the hub right now. I mean, not right now, but after service. <laughs> and there's lists upon lists of all these great things that are going on. Men's groups, women's group, golf tournaments are coming up. They have fellowship, all kinds, basket weaving underwater. No, I'm only kidding. They have, they have all canoeing. They have all kinds of things. But above all else, when you need prayer, you have someone there. A fellowship of the believers is very important. Scripture, prayer, worship, and fellowship. The Holy Spirit can help you find things because he knows where everything is. He guides and he leads. Why? He knows the way, the best path, and the right directions. Not like me, like I got lost. I need the Holy Spirit telling me what to do. And so do you. Here's the problem. A lot of us don't like to be told what to do. Don't look at me so strange. I know some of you. And I know your marriage partner. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I don't like to be told what to do. But there is a difference between being a convert for Christ and being a disciple of Christ. The discipleship of Christ also means the lordship of his direction. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you and remind you of the, the teachings of Christ. For instance... Love your neighbor, love your enemy, forgive those that despitefully use you, right? Rejoice and be exceedingly glad when people de despise you. Well, not a lot of us like to do that. But the more and more and more, watch, you submit to the Holy Spirit and the teachings of Christ, the more life you and I will experience. The Holy Spirit, he prompts and he prods. He nudges and he stirs. He stimulates and he encourages. He inspires and at times he even elbows. My mama used to elbow me in the mouth. Thank God the Holy Spirit don't do that. It's not proper English, but you know what I mean. The Holy Spirit is here for you. Again, this is how he, the Holy Spirit guides you and leads you. He leads you through scripture. Let the Bible speak to you. Through prayer, solitude is full of God. Worship, get into his presence and fellowship with one another and with others. With the time that I have here, I want to reiterate something to you. That the Holy Spirit is your advocate. 
He will speak words of life to you. He will remind you of things to come. He will lead you and touch you. He will encourage you. But you first have to have this. And this is something new that I came up with by myself. Daily exposure to and intake of the word of God. The Holy Spirit cannot remind you of what you have not put into your spirit and heart. A great teacher and a woman of God that laid hands on me a long, long time ago and spoke some things to me. Her name name is Marilyn Hickey. She's getting up in age, but she's a powerful woman, woman of God. And then this is what she said to me. Well, not only to me, but in the group I was in. She said this, reading the word of God sometimes is like canning peaches for the winter. When the winter comes, you'll need something to eat. And those canned peaches, though, the fruit of righteousness, and she went on and on. It's like pulling it off the shelf and opening it up and eating of it and receiving nourishment. Because we will not always have springtime. And I'm paraphrasing here. We will have winters in our life. But unless you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit and the knowledge of the scripture of Christ, your cupboards will be bare in the time of winter. You and I need to be in his presence. We need to be in the fellowship of believers. But we need to be in the word. Job said this, I have desired the word or the bread more than my necessary food. He would rather eat the bread of life than have nourishment for his food. I'll leave you this one story. A great minister, uh, D.L. Moody, was a lawyer, then was a minister, and he graduated from lawyer school or however, whatever you want to call it, and got the bar. And he went before his professor, who happened to be an ordained minister, and he sat there. He said, I've graduated. I've got my diploma. And then he said, and then now what? And I'm going to go and have a practice. And the professor said, and now what? And he kept on, and he kept asking, I'm going to have a family, and I'm going to have kids. And he goes, and then what? I'm going to be successful, and then what? And he kind of freaked out. And then the professor told D.L. Moody, tomorrow morning at 6 in the morning, meet me in the park. Well, the professor was already there in the morning. He was on his knees by a little brook, a little river. And then he was praying, and then D.L. Moody came next to him, and he looked at him. And the professor didn't even look up, but he kneeled down. And then all of a sudden, the professor grabs him and shoves his head in the water. And D.L. Moody's doing whatever drowning people do. And he pulled him back up. And he goes, what now? And he goes, why did you do that? He says, you need to desire the presence of God more than you needed your breath at that moment. And at that moment, he gave his life to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And the rest is history. And how do I know that story? Because someone gave me a 100-year-old Bible. It's about 115 years old now. It's in my office. And on the inside of it is a story of D.L. Moody. And that's the testimony. And it was given by the Moody Bible Press. And that's how I know that story. And you and I, we need to have the presence of God in our life. Why? Because he will be our advocate in the time of winter. He will help us. He will lead us. And he will guide us. Did you receive something tonight, ladies and gentlemen?